0: Welcome to Elixir Outlaws, the hallway track of the Elixir community.
1: Are you sure you just don't have a really laggy connection? I, I am wired into the gig, my friend. The gig? Me too. I have no idea then. Yeah, but my gig yeah. is awesome and yours is uh, probably provided by the people that I ostensibly work for. Google? Google? Uh, Oh, oh, you're in Kansas City You got that Google In Missouri I know the president thinks That the chiefs are in Kansas (laughs) Ex-president Ex-president Are we even in Are we even in Kansas (laughs) I went to a I went to a show In uh, Kansas City At one point And the band Was was like Are we Are we even in Kansas Right now And (laughs) but we're, it's called Kansas City but we're in Missouri <laughs> <laughs> what happened how did, how did you manage to did you lose the city <laughs> like it was a lot of like he was genuinely confused he wasn't just trying to be funny i i think he It might have been a very British humor style of humor, but uh, yeah, no, he, he was, I think uh, it was three parts humor, seven parts legitimately. Like how does, how did you manage this? How did this happen? Who's responsible? You know what? Let me speak to your manager. I feel like we need to sort some of this out. Did it work? Did you, did you speak to the manager? No, 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 no. no that's too bad. No, absolutely not. No, I don't want to be involved in any decisions whatsoever. Especially with a English band. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what that means, but sure. There'll be the wrong <laughs> number of M&Ms in the green room. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I, I don't. I still don't understand this reference, but yes.
0: Holy cow! Did I make a reference that you didn't get? That's the spinal tap reference. No. Well, but it could be. Uh, Yeah, I don't get it. It could be. Um, There, there are some English bands. Well, there are bands in general who are famous for having weird demands in their green rooms and then exploding whenever they aren't. That was just
1: called bands. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like that's just bands. Uh, but good joke, though. Anyway, <laughs> so what's been going on? Hey, thanks.
0: Um, how much? I've been uh, pretty busy. Started on a new project on Monday. And so that's been pretty cool rolling along. It's a Phoenix project, which is different for me. Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've done a lot of the back end, just server work and embedded system stuff, but have not done a whole lot of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So doing that full time is is fun. Kind of back to my web roots a little bit.
1: Are you living the live view life or the dead view life?
0: Uh, right now, all the views are dead view, but there's probably mm. going to be some live view in there.
1: Uh, How are we, you going to be modern though?
0: Well, we are not going to offer
1: offline support. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, but you're going to migrate. Uh, same such live view. Uh, the view. We will
0: have at least some of the pages being live view. I don't know that we're going to do all of them that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did recently add some live view to our internal invoicing software. Um, and that was fun. It's hard, though, in my brain still to to um, go from that. When I'm looking at a website to think in that back and forth, constant communication
1: Mm -hmm. Instead,
0: I I still think in that request cycle just because I'm looking at a browser. So that's that's a little bit tough for me. It's like, oh, yeah, we just need to add more to the change set. One thing that frustrates me, though, is when you have lists of things that -hmm. you want to add. And if you want to add them one at a time, you can't just keep putting them in the change set because they overwrite. Like if you add one more, it just overwrites the change. Uh so you sure. have to like pull the data out of the change set and append it and then put it back in gotcha. to the change set right. over and over, and that's kind of obnoxious. But other than that, it's been it's been pretty cool. That's cool. It did cause us to change a lot of our the workflow in the front end. But we got good feedback from
1: Carolyn who does our invoicing. She really liked the flow of it and said it actually works a whole lot smoother now. To, to like being having that sort of like instant rendering kind of capability.
0: Yeah, and instant error messages.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: So like if you mm-hmm. if you type in a letter on accident in the um, in a an invoice, um, which we could have done with JavaScript before, you know, we just we just weren't. Yeah. Um, but now, like when you add a line item to an invoice, it checks it immediately instead of waiting till you try to add all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. or we have a, we have a way to add discounts, but discounts have discounts can only be applied once and that could get weird before it still can, it can get to some weird situations, but you get more immediate feedback whenever you try to apply a discount, it actually goes to the back end and tries to apply it. And if it can't, it'll immediately tell you instead of before it would wait for you to submit the form. Right. so you might apply a discount add three line items and submit so even if we had fixed the line item thing then we would have to do a back and forth to check the discounts anyway right 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 so that that is got a pretty nice workflow now
1: nice I'll start oh go ahead no no you don't please carry on I
0: was just gonna say we also started looking into utilizing um like the tailwind stuff i'm mm-hmm. I'm uh, a little bit I'm a very semantic markup person. So you you, you grew up in the Zen garden. Right. So it's like uh, this feels really dirty. But if we can figure out components. I think that it would be fine.
1: Yeah, I think. All of it is crap. (laughs) (laughs) I think all of it's garbage. (laughs) I think all of it is such a bad. It's so also bad. But I mean, it's also bad, and so it kind of just like all those rules, all the ide- ideology about like semantic markup or not or whatever. Some of it has merit. I think the stuff around um, accessibility matters a lot, mm-hmm. but beyond that, I don't think any. I don't. I don't think any of that. The matters. inline stuff And so, like, put your stuff. Put your stuff wherever. Like literally put your stuff wherever, <laughs> do it however you want. Cause it doesn't matter. It'll be different next month and it's all crap. Oh, I, I agree <laughs> that it'll my, be different. That's my, my general my, takeaway.
0: My big thing about the like inline style stuff is maintenance. If you're always putting it in style, if you're not reusing portions, like doing components or, or anything like that, you, you have, if you're doing inline styles and you're doing buttons everywhere, that becomes a maintenance nightmare. If you, get a redesign
1: yeah it it feels like a workflow that is designed for react or Vue or one of those things right you know what i mean it, it feels like a workflow that is like the you know uh, everything is important in context this the css zen garden mattered when no one freaking understood css yeah and it matters less now because still no one understands css <laughs> but you can get away with understanding it with with like you can get away with a lot more now yeah. Like here's the thing about CSS. CSS is crap. CSS is garbage. Um, it is actually atrocious and there is no rhyme or reason to why it works the way it works, the way it works. And <laughs> we just have to you you just have to memorize it. What do you like, mean? It's, it's, the, way it it's works. the periodic like table. It? <laughs> like but with but with less scientific backing. Hydrogen, like, you just helium, have to memorize lithium, beryllium all boron, boron,
0: carbon, nitrogen, oxygen. Yeah, you just need to memorize
1: <laughs> this you know it's i before e except after c and sometimes occasionally y like like, but not every time because sometimes e has to come before yeah right you know and it's like it's just a goulash of nonsense um and I, i i yeah i think it's it's so much like you just need to memorize the ways that this works and why it works that way and here's like these 10 tricks that allow you to to achieve the thing that you're actually trying to achieve. Um, and so much of what people do, like, there are people who are really good at CSS, and it's because they just have all that stuff in their head. Mm-hmm. And the rest of us just like go into the inspector and add tags and twiddle stuff until it does what you mostly want it to do, and then you refresh the page and see <laughs> if it sticks. <laughs> like, yeah, you I,
0: know what I mean? I do feel like like CSS when I'm when I'm Playing with CSS, playing. I playing is more, probably not the right term. Banging my head against the monitor to do CSS. I feel like I'm I'm in a boxing match and and I
1: gotta I gotta trick CSS into doing what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's that is the experience for most people. Um, and that's why and so it's like that's kind of why I'm like it doesn't matter. Like you know, just inline styles, whatever. Like it's all bad. You know, it's all hacks to get around the fact that the underlying thing is super broken. I don't
0: feel like there's been any real advancement in CSS stuff.
1: Well, I actually think it's... it's,
0: it's, I think Sass, actually. Like, being able to add functions and things like that in, which Sass brought to CSS, was like, (laughs) like, that's the biggest advancement.
1: And if you really want to get down to it, the biggest advancement to CSS as a language not as not as capabilities, right? Cuz like mm-hmm. flexbox doesn't count. You know what I mean? CSS grid does not count in terms of like making CSS better. Yep. That's just adding features, right? It's like like pattern matching doesn't make javascript a better language because the fundamentals underpinning it are, you know, are are not there. And so all that trappings, like all the trappings of, you know, adding grids and flexbox and all that sort of stuff, those are all nice. They don't fix the fundamental problem. And the fundamental problem, I actually think, is a mathematical one. Like, I actually think CSS will never be better. Who is that? CSS, as you know, CSS is declarative. And it works at a level of computational power above what you actually need. So you actually can't improve CSS because it's declarative. Say more. Say more. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. I I, I see you. Uh, got me through thinking. the through the power of the internet. I see you thinking. <laughs> your rebuttal, sir. Yeah. You're sorry. Your time's up.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm. Ju- I'm just. I'm <laughs> trying to picture the declarative nature holding it back because in my head I was going completely somewhere else, and part of so it was problem, its procedural yeah. nature that it it, you know, like. Just as an example, is uh, just the other day I I was reminded that like a sibling selector can mm-hmm. only get a sibling that's after the current one. That's because yeah. it it always goes in in down mm-hmm. the document, which I think sometimes causes people instead of doing what they want, they change the HTML in the document in order to make it fit their CSS that they want to do. Um, which kind of I guess in a way bothers me a little bit because, uh, you know, HTML is supposed to be for structuring a document. And when you have a structure in an organization and then it makes you add in extra divs and things just to, to be able to
1: make things look the way you want, it feels wrong. <laughs> right. So the, the, the problem that I see is that uh, CSS is your only vehicle... For painting in the browser. Mm -hmm. Uh, Setting aside, yeah, I mean, setting aside the well actually folks who are gonna be like, well, there's canvas and SVG and like, yeah, no, it's like that's that's not what I mean, right? But like if you want to manipulate DOM elements as elements, um the only way to do that is CSS. Like if you want to affect the painting rules of the browser, the only way to do that is via CSS. Right. Even the JavaScript uh, for, for, DOM, things, for right? For DOM elements, right? E- even the JavaScript things change the CSS and the DOM element to move things right. around. Uh, yeah, and you can change like sizes and stuff, but those—that's—it's all CSS elements at, at some, you know, at some level. So, uh, the problem with that, uh, and the fact that it's declarative, is that it means that um, the only thing that you can do is output CSS. The only way to improve CSS is to build a thing on top of it that outputs CSS, right? Like, there's Mm -hmm. no, like, the the fundamental problem is you don't have access to the actual procedural imperative drawing and painting rules uh, in the browser. And if you had access to those, you could build an actual alternative to CSS. Like, if that was the API, right? If all browsers had a fundamental API that was, like, draw this in these pixels, um, then you would have the ability to do that. And they do have that. It's called canvas, which is why we're going to set that aside for a second. But like, if you had access to sort of more fundamental primitives that actually did drawing and painting, well, like at that point, uh, you have more computational power Mm -hmm. uh, and you're not beholden to the browser's interpretation of the CSS rule. And so because CSS is this declarative thing, it actually works at like sort of a less uh, computationally powerful level, like Chomsky hierarchy kind of like level. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is all me just like. You know, this is like three IPAs in thinking, right? Like this is <laughs> this is borderline like Stone Theory. I didn't know uh, we were bringing drinks this morning. I would not. Right. But uh, what I'm saying like this is this is up there with like my you know this is this is in in the kind of almost like weird conspiracy theory land. Like you know, uh, this is this is borderline. What is money even, man? <laughs> 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 you know, like levels of thinking. But I think that's the problem. I think the fact is, like, you, have, you only can use CSS. CSS is your only vehicle to do anything. And so because of that, uh, it's deeply limiting. And it's why no one has fixed it, right? It's why, like, all this crap that is, that you know, all this cruft and all this this, this kind of weird box model thing and Flexbox and all that stuff, why all these extensions are alternatives, like, don't fix the underlying thing because you don't actually have access to fix the underlying thing. And more power to the browser people and CSS people for keeping all that stuff backwards, and compa- or backwards compatible. That's a huge boon that's, that's to amazing. the internet. The fact that HTML and CSS is backwards compatible is this massive, massive boon and is really, really important. And you And like I say, you could have a thing though that just outputs like, here's what I actually want you to do. We just don't have that and because of that all we have is css and I, I really do think that that's the main that's why you get post processors that just output css and you know are very limited in what they're actually capable of doing that's why like mm-hmm. you can't substantively fix that stuff it's hard hard to innovate
0: <laughs> when yeah, you have to you, you, you're you're handcuffed yeah. you're
1: handcuffed into the thing and that's why the ways that people interact with css these days right uh, like I think you know, it's like it's like one of the one of the most important things to happen to CSS is like Bootstrap, and people like don't like Bootstrap, but Bootstrap is a super important part of CSS's history and, and things like that, right? Foundation and all, mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff is a super important part of CSS history because it gave people names and like like semantically useful names for all this stuff mm-hmm. and like, and did a bunch of work to like, it's the closest thing you have to like a solid improvement on the way that people interact with CSS. Like, it And like I say, people don't, people up. don't like it, but it's like, like, you know,
0: they gave every, like, so before that, every time I, I had to do a web project, you know, you had your set of styles that you copied in because every browser was gonna have default styles that were different. So you had to override everything. And and so they gave like I guess through pushing that, like I had my own set, right? That I com- that I put in, mm-hmm. but Bootstrap gave everybody that same set, or at least mm-hmm. to a much wider audience than than the one that I had that I passed around to 10 friends, right? Right. So mm-hmm. by giving everybody this common starting point, I think it actually allowed more learning about CSS and and pushing it further because that starting point wasn't so painful because you didn't spend all of your time trying to make it look the same in every single browser.
1: And I think it made people realize too that like we needed better primitives. And so like Flexbox is a better primitive for building stuff. I, I think that but but it's all but it's only ever gonna be extensions. You know what I mean? No mm-hmm. one's ever going to build a better language. That's the like because they can't. It's you can't build a better language than CSS because CSS is the is the only thing you have access to. Well, how would you get every browser manufacturer to throw in a new language? Oh you, absolutely. Like I don't think you would. Like this is this is again like, you know, borderline what is money? Uh like <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. Like this is just my, my There's all this this to say, it's all crap. (laughs) It's like, it's all, it's it's not gonna be fixed. So you just live in the world that you live in and you figure out what you need to do to make your team the most productive. Like, Mm -hmm. what does your team wanna maintain? Does your team want a bunch of like components that have common styles that they can, you know, tweak via React like properties that you pass down? Go for it. Seems good. Yeah. Seems good. It, I don't know how you do it with uh, Le Lavu, <laughs> but uh <laughs> took me a minute, took me a minute but because I haven't tried it. It took me all day to get a modal working. Um, <laughs> I am not a LeVue expert, although I guess I it, should be if I ever want to give another talk at an elixir conf <laughs> I,
0: nice uh, I mean, it's i haven't I haven't had any anything different in in live view versus um just the traditional templates. I mean it's you're you're putting out the same HTML, but I guess I guess the event tags that you put on there are a little different. Like you're not putting you're not putting you're not attaching JavaScript and yourself. And so you've got directives kind of like kind of like you would with React or anything. One thing that I did find uh yesterday or day before that I thought was really interesting though is for components So you could make like your own tags kind of in your HTML. And Mm -hmm. and I really like it's called Surface. And I thought this is I've heard of this awesome. I want to use it. And then it only works in live view. They say that you can use it in templates, but to tell you the truth, I spent so much time trying to figure out how to do it. And then it really seems like you well, what how I found out I could do it is to wrap it in a function and then call that function like a templated function and that didn't allow me to add a new tag. But I really want to add a new tag because then my my front end guy, all of his tools and his autocomplete and everything still work because once you do the percent or percent equals, none of his autocomplete works as far as like if you want to add a CSS class, he's got autocomplete that knows all the classes and that quits working. So I'm trying to give him tools to allow him to move faster. And I was I was a little sad um, but I hear Mitch has one.
1: Mitch has uh, Temple, friend of the show. Temple. Yep, yep.
0: I haven't... Uh, Temple's not a friend of the show.
1: I Mitch is a du- friend of the show.
0: Mitch is a friend of the show. I haven't dug into it much. I already have, uh, you know, your project, well, was your project, now Mitch's project, Wallaby, in our starter stack. Because all of the other testing, you know, you you like fake out the form and send it in, mm-hmm. which is great but like i've already written the form and now i don't know if my form is right i could have a typo in my form and everything is still broken now i do stick it to like happy path yeah for the most part so so i appreciate having wallaby at my starter stack
1: man that is a project oh man that is a real i i used it the other day for a thing actually for the first time in a long time it's one of the reasons i like kind of passed ownership of that project over cuz so i wasn't using it all that often boy there's so much i would do different well there's in, in so what would you do different? many things oh just api design my my mm. sensibilities about api design have changed so much so much it's really wild actually do you have any specifics in your head that you know of i think one of them is just like you don't want that many modules, <laughs> like, like uh, you don't actually want that many modules in your, uh, in your APIs, that for users to consume. And the ones that you do have, you want to hide them all. Like it's it's always really funny to me when I look at a lot of libraries that are out there in the world, and uh, Elixir libraries, and and like they have every module that's in the app, just in the docs. Yep. So they don't hide all that stuff. And then you have to like kind of puzzle through and figure out which of these am I actually supposed to use versus which of these are like internal only. Mm-hmm. I really try to have like a module. I I appreciate that. Like that's one of the things
0: in Wallaby right now that sometimes it's like, oh, crap. Is that on browser or is that on query?
1: Yeah, all that's bad. <laughs> all that's bad. The entire way you interact with it's bad too, I think. Um, And and I've had a lot of thoughts about how I would fix that. But at this point, it's like I I don't know that I would actually spend the time to go do it just with all the other libraries I have out there in the world that need to be fixed and worked on. I
0: do like that everything takes a session and returns a session unless it's it's a Boolean. Um, Except for some of the Booleans, they return true or throw an exception right now.
1: I got frustrated with Mitch the other day. There's there's a lot of yeah I mean there's a lot of I mean a lot of us just like Chris didn't know what he was doing you know what I mean Uh, like that was so much of a learning project where I was just trying to like figure it out and I didn't have a a design sense for it Mm -hmm. and looking back on it like I because I looked at the code the other day and I was like oh wow yeah like I had no clue what I was doing so this is all bad
0: I never use any of it directly in my test. I mm-hmm. ha- I wrap pages in modules mm-hmm. so that I'm not finding all these elements and stuff. And I think mm-hmm. that is totally reasonable. That's that is the right way to do it, I would say. Well, I and I I don't know, maybe I should go add some stuff. I feel like I should now make a PR to the docs just to show that because the docs are all based on like putting there. You know, it's that that trying to show you a quick example thing. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily the the right way to do it it's saying here's Mm -hmm. how you get started but adding something into the docs about that
1: i think would be good now that we're talking about it, i feel like i have to go do it today (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's one of those things that i yeah i don't know i people undervalue the maintainability of tests like people don't treat tests like real code in my experience that depresses me you know what I mean, though? Like, I'm sure you've seen that, right? Like, people don't act like test code is real code that you needs to be, you know, tended mm-hmm. and rethought and redesigned. Like, I I don't know. You should be deleting tests like a lot of the time. I, I and, like consolidating them and like working through like, is this even relevant anymore? Do I need this anymore? Does this do anything for me anymore? I, I like that. Raw. I like that idea of, of deleting tests in so often I like the idea generally because they slow me down all they ever do is like make block CI and like keep me from deploying well I just want to deploy code (laughs) when it fails I think that's a time that you should stop and say is this test worth fixing no I should should never be forced to stop ever well I just want to type I want to I want to feed my key presses directly if you didn't screw up I'd never screw up see that's my secret (laughs) it's never my fault (laughs) It's always someone else's. Clearly,
0: it, if your test failed for the wrong reason, you have a brittle test framework, and you need to absolutely to figure out how to make a better test.
1: But if my if the test failed because I wrote the code badly, that's on the test as well. I would say, right? The test should have predicted that and accommodated me. Fair, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I I um. Yeah, I don't think, I think people do not value, uh, yeah, the test maintainability thing. And I think the page, the page modules idea is super useful, man. Like as a, I just have like as a general thing, all of the testing stuff that skips using like the real server, man, I ain't about that life. <laughs> I still, <laughs> that noise, that noise is, that noise, I am not about that life. I still like unit tests. Uh, but no users are fine. But I just mean like it, all the things that like per, pretend to be hitting your actual server, but then don't and like just call the functions directly and like skip a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. All useless. All, all of them are useless. So I feel that way about like
0: the Phoenix controller testing.
1: Yes. The that con- bothers me so much. Contest.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait, I'm but again, I made the form on the front end. And now I have to make the form again inside my test. Like, why? I uh, it it frustrates the crap out of me. Just
1: I, I like I am really close for because I mean I don't know I deal with, I deal in services. You know what I mean? I don't I don't build UIs that often. Mm-hmm. I man, I I'm happy. I, like I think my ideal test suite is curl <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it's like bash and curl and jq. That's <laughs> it's not, like I'll, that's not terrible, I'll take that. Right? because then here's the thing Here, here's let me i'm going to break it down for you like a fraction here's the thing once you have that test suite right once you have the test suite that tests just like the outer layers of the thing oh man the world's your oyster you can do anything if you can fully you like it's so easy to go into your code and your tests especially cuz it's like in elixir right mm mm-hmm. It's so easy, even if you're making real HTTP calls, which we have like helpers essentially that make real HTTP calls mm-hmm. uh, and make it look all clean and stuff. And that does that in Elixir, but it's just too easy to be like, and I shove this into the database. So it just magically starts there, right? Like that's, you know, assuming that given the database is in this state, when I make this call, it does these things. And the way you do it is like, you just like hit the database directly and shove some stuff into there yep. or whatever. Ah, uh, that is the worst. That stuff is the worst. I do It's it. the worst. I do it and sometimes. It's so though. convenient. It's so convenient, <laughs> and why. you just do it because it's so convenient and so easy. And often, like the APIs don't that you're providing don't have everything you need because there's also this background process thing that needs to run, and then your test suite's going to take a billion years. You know, it's like, you know, it's just too too difficult to do it all. So, like, I I do it, but you know, so
0: I I might have a test with let's say Wallaby, that does uh, a registration, right? So that's going to create a user. In the back end, I try to wrap as much of that into a single call as I can. And then in the test, you know, I have the test for registration, that's fine. But when I go to do a test for something else and I need a registered user, I don't want it to run the front end. It takes forever. So Mm -hmm. I try to go through that one call in the back, try to minimize what I'm actually building up in my test so so that if the database changes hopefully I don't have to change much or or if anything. um, Right. Cause that's what I've run into is like doing fixtures and your fixtures are calling into repo directly and doing like just injecting data at that level. Then it's like, well, you bypassed everything that you built in the app. And when you change one thing, you're, you're going to be out. I've even run into a lot of test suites that bypass validations in their fixtures to just jam stuff directly in.
1: I'm like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's my thing is like the value add of testing every, like testing the service as a black box. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Like I get that it's slow. I get that, you know, all that stuff, but like here, here's my problem with it though. Is like, that is that's actually the only contract that matters, yeah, that outside the, contract the outside con- the contract you're giving to the outside world is the contract that is the contract. It's the mm-hmm. only one that that freaking matters, and so you want that like okay, so so let's let's say that like yeah, you don't get your data via you know an http call, you get it via Kafka pipeline thing or whatever, like you know. Like, Wait, I saw your Twitter this morning. Why are you it yeah, up? Yeah, no, Costco? I mean, a Rabbit, whatever. <laughs> you got it through some backend queue. You got it through some other means, right? That's like harder. Mm-hmm. You got it because you're opening a, a UDP socket somewhere and then, okay. and, you know, like somebody's shoving like telemetry to you or something like that, right? Whatever it is, you have some other means of getting the at, that, that data gets there and it's not just simple HTTP calls, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's so much value in like a test that amounts to a bash script. You know what I mean? That just like... Netcats you some packets, and then hits and then hits your uh, your your API in like a tight loop until it resolves or not. Like there's so like that test just tested like so much of your application, and it didn't. It only coupled you to the thing that matters, which is your contract. Mm-hmm. It didn't couple you. It didn't couple your entire. It didn't handcuff you into a crap design. Right. Because it's only attaching to the thing that matters, which is the thing that the outside world sees. And, like, there are, you know, I'm being more uh, bombastic than I actually feel about this stuff. Like, there are definitely parts of your system, like, I do do property-based testing, man. Like, I get it. Like, there are parts of your, there are units in your code that are worth doing that on. And and like getting down deeper into those layers and then testing them to make sure they actually do all the right validation. That's super useful too. I get that, right? But you don't want that many of them. You don't want that many tests. And like, because all that stuff's coupling and it all keeps you from iterating on the design. Like, it, like Adam, you hit some inflection point, right? Mm-hmm. Like there is some magic Goldilocks number of tests that you need to validate a thing. And if it's like, you know, pure functions, it's like probably one property based test or two property based tests. Right. And which are, you know, reasonable to change or delete. If you've got like 10 function, 10 tests to like, you know, do 10 different types of validation, like you're probably, that implies to me that you're missing a whole bunch of stuff because it takes 10 things to do it. Which probably, if it takes 10 tests to test something, that's probably not enough. You probably just wrote the amount that you, you Fair. probably wrote the amount that like you were, you had time to write. You got te- or word, test or, like, fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just stopped writing tests at some point. Right. No. So like there's that aspect of it, but you do have to, you want to validate that stuff, but there is a Goldilocks zone where you want the exact amount of tests and not anymore. Not too hot, not too cold. Mm-hmm. Like not too many tests, not too few. And if you go into the too many tests thing, that's I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that's worse in a lot of ways so, than too few. So I, I could see that. I think that
0: if you can configure depend, I think, I think if you can is. figure out property testing at that level. And really, I think once you have that page, page object idea, like if you're doing a website, you can really treat it like a black box and do property testing and generate commands that run your website. And run that on like a Saturday when nobody's around. Just let it run all day long. And you can get some fantastic confidence in, in your test suite and in your software. So like combining Wallaby with PropCheck is mm-hmm. is the beautiful thing, on, in my opinion, if you're going to be doing a, a, a web-based or even if it's a curl-based, right? If you can generate some curl commands or whatever. I think if you can black box property test your system, that's pretty. You're you're, you're on your way. Yeah, and yeah. then you don't even do example tests anymore. Just throw them out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. Use those to figure out what properties you want, and I then mean, throw them. Some out. of that stuff is so complicated that the property based tests just it doesn't it's like so deeply complicated and time consuming to write and oh, yeah. maintain like i've had some of those stateful tests that are just massive and mm-hmm. sometimes they're they're warranted and sometimes they are super not and i've definitely been guilty of doing it where it probably didn't warrant it and then no one could understand it it was like the test file was like 500 lines of code and it it and it made no freaking sense to anybody who wasn't me yeah so so I, there's that aspect of it too you can't just introduce that stuff but like if you have it where it matters, and if you document it well and you, and you write it well, it can be really, really, really useful. And then, yeah, like you have the example-based stuff at the at the outside, or or, or a big property-based test if your service is simple enough, it um, has reasonable liveness guarantees for that, and mm-hmm. and is and is deterministic enough. That's the other problem, right? Is most services aren't uh, deterministic enough to do that with because they're they're fairly ad hocly specified. Mm-hmm ad hocly is not a word but you get what I'm saying like like yeah like there's the specification is so ad hoc it is now hey hey if Shakespeare made up words you can make up words yeah that, that <laughs> I really feel like I'm probably in the same sort of camp as Shakespeare in terms of being a wordsmith so uh, absolutely worth it um <laughs> in any case we got to be kind of leery like stateless testing property- based testing is actually pretty reasonable and most people mm-hmm. will get it when you when they look at it And it's not too bad. I had to do that the other day. I actually did that the other day for a thing. So at some point we should talk about how to,
0: how to organize state based property based testing, stateful property tests. Cause I think there are some, some really good things in there, like you said about documenting, but I think there are some other good things that can go into creating those. Maybe we can get, uh, get our good friend, uh, did you literally forget his, did you literally I just, just forget his totally name? blanked out. I just wanted to.
1: Wow.
0: I just, I just wanted to say his handle instead. Cause.
1: <laughs>
0: Sorry. Sorry, Fred I could have said third <laughs> and look
1: like I have no idea who he is. No. And yeah. I mean, so we- I think, um, yeah, no, I mean, it's used in the correct places. It's really useful. And, and obviously like all this stuff matters, right? Like stuff around your data and data manipulation matters. -hmm. Stuff. If you're, you know, building a, if you're, you know, if you've got single, single global processes everywhere, um, and you're using a lot of Gen servers, man, like you're in a bad time. You're gonna need to spend more time around that data and make sure you're not, you know, like your example based tests are probably not cutting it for for ensuring that you're not getting into bad states. You know, bad data is like the is actually the worst technical problem that you can get in, you get yourself into like poisoning mm-hmm. your own data is easily the most expensive, most costly problem.
0: See, Sometimes you can't fix it. Like you have no that's idea what, what the data
1: should be. You're like, yeah. uh, I don't know. Can't help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you can get in really bad States. If you aren't careful about how you're manipulating data, that's the stuff that you care about. But yeah, but all, I don't know. Like, I just i can't get on the train of like choosing speed test speed over validation i will never sacrifice uh i will never sacrifice like more validation on the altar of test speed wait wait like so and if you te- wait are you saying your if your tests are slow you you will throw them away before validating no i'm saying i'm saying if my tests are slow but do more validation mm-hmm I will always choose that over fast over tests the- that do less. Okay. Fair. Fair. Yep. And I think that's the that's the controller test thing for me is like I don't actually care at all about like I want I want it to go through the stack because there's been times like I've actually like shipped production bugs because that those tests didn't catch stuff. Mm-hmm. Because they they only call a limited set of things. They don't really validate the stuff that's going in and out. And I've totally shipped like production bugs because that like a service didn't have a real API test. In well, it. and
0: you, and the controller test and the front end API tests are like minusculely testing like minusculely different, right? In yeah. in their purpose, you're just adding an extra layer. Like if you're supposed to pass in three different arguments. You're still gonna do that from the from the front end test that you were gonna do in your controller test anyway. So you might as well add that extra layer. Mm-hmm. The test doesn't get harder to write. And and sometimes it gets easier to write.
1: Yeah. I mean the the downside is you don't get the plug con. You don't get all that other stuff, right? You gotta like you don't have any of the helpers for it, mm-hmm. and you don't have a nice API for it, which is again why like most of our services have that stuff built into it. Like we just have written helpers. Mm-hmm. that do all that and, and are chainable so you can still right. kind of write tests in that way um, But you, you like have, that you have to so view it from viewing it from that outside world though and not being
0: able to but yeah to dig in is more like a user and you're making more assertions to the guarantees that you're giving your user
1: yeah so it's that's my take on it is I would much rather just like you know hit the API give me a real server put it on a port I'm gonna I'm gonna start sending it some web requests. Absolutely, that's my that's my hot take on that.
0: I just realized what time it is. I do have a hard out today. Okay. Uh,
1: I know that. Fun. Look, we talked about how this this was the most we planned didn't get to episode. Talk about nix. We didn't even
0: talk about what we said we were going to talk about. Yeah,
1: we literally just yeah we never even got there. We didn't talk about nix 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 nix. Are you sure it's not niz like a
0: xylophone niz? Or do you have to have the Y I think, to be it's, nice? I think
1: it's a I think it's a Greek it's a Greek X, which is it's to a say Greek a Kai. So it's oh, a okay. it's nuck. <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: Perfect. I'm, I'm in. Uh, I'm
1: i well, I think we can say
0: a little bit about it. You want to say a little bit about it's math.
1: It? Yeah. Using your GPU too, right? It's it's uh it's it's some math, man. It's like TensorFlow. Enjoy. Yep. It's a compiler. It's I, all just compilers. I,
0: yeah. I I Seriously, I just like read the blog post right before we started. So I'm I'm still
1: yeah, we're gonna go play. To go, I'm gonna, gonna go, go play fiddle. today. That's my, we'll my noggin day
0: today. Let's go play with that.
1: Cool, cool. All right. Well, enjoy your day. All I right. uh we have some news coming up soon. I've got news. I've got personal news. We got news. Nice. We're gonna be at uh Code Beam. Code Beam Virtual America, right? Code beam not beam virtual real America, America but the, but the virtual, the virtual one yeah not the real one <laughs> not the blasted hellscape that is <laughs> the actual America but the virtual one with sunshine and rainbows and unicorns that's right it's
0: going to be great we we got the the final keynote that is
1: i don't know how we deserve that but i'll take it <laughs> yeah we're going to just uh do our thing up there so it'll be fun we'll be there i've got some personal stuff i'm announcing here soon and uh you're on a new project. It's gonna be good. Anna yeah. will be there and be back soon. She's on, yep. she's yeah. wrapping up a project,
0: so we're working on some
1: stuff to get Anna back on the show. Um,
0: and we do if we we tweeted about it, but if we have a twenty percent discount code for Code Beam, so if you can't find it on our Twitter account, tweet at us and we'll send it to you. All right, sir. I guess it's time to go. Yep. All right. Talk to you later.
1: Later.